Welcome to Empower Half an Hour, a mental health podcast that brings firsthand interviews and testimonies to you. Welcome to Empower Half an Hour. I'm your host, Brandon Spatz. Today we have Rick Smith joining us. Rick is an Army veteran as well as an active member of the Miracle Clubhouse since 2018. Miracle Clubhouse is a part of the worldwide organization known as Clubhouse International. Welcome to the podcast, Rick. Hey, thank you very much, Brandon. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Glad to have you. We'll get started with um, what's your mental health background? Well, um, my current mental health background is I have PTSD uh, from a lot of things I've done in the military, uh, depression, and I have a personality disorder, NOS. Um, You know, it's taken me to my later years in life to be able to connect my mental health uh, to my early years. Um, when I was younger, I never really thought um, of my issues as being mental health uh, until I think of it now, I see that it was. Um, in my younger years, when I was at age maybe 9, 10, and 11, I started to uh, have depression. Uh, not only depression, but I also had uh, the onset of uh, separation uh, anxiety. The reason for that is because my father was a career soldier in the military, and uh, he would oftentimes leave us. Uh, like when he went to Korea and Vietnam War, I always had a feeling that he would leave and uh, he would never come back, and uh, I was scared for him. Um As I talked to my dad about it, uh, he was fearful too, but I think I really had a lot of fear behind that. And as a result of that, I think I developed the separation anxiety that I always felt that people would leave. And uh, during that time, I was scared. Um, It was hard for me traveling from place to place. Uh, As my dad, he would travel to different states and we would follow him as a family, go with him. But that was hard. It was it was hard keeping friends. It was hard making friends because before you know it, we'd have to leave to another state, go somewhere else, and I would lose my friends. And so I developed a sense of anger behind that and, uh, and wasn't able to connect very well with people as a result of that. At age nine, uh, I had lost my virginity uh to an adult that shouldn't have done the things that they were doing. And uh, I believe at that time, that's why I developed uh, maybe the personality disorder NOS. I I can't ver- verify that, but I'm sure a psychiatrist could. But uh, in my mind, that's where that might have happened. I was a uh, very uh, scared child. Um, I was a... Uh, a person who didn't trust uh, very many people at the time. Um, at that time, I, I isolated uh, quite a bit. 
because of the fact I couldn't trust the fact that I would pick people to be my friends and, and then they would leave. You know, again, uh, my anxiety was really uh, hard for me at the time. Sounds like a lot of uh, moving around just stemmed the problems of um, the abandonment issues and um, difficulty making connections with friends, which at that age is really extremely important in developing as a child into adulthood. Absolutely, Brandon. I don't think I really developed very, very well when it came to that because uh, uh, of the fact that uh, we we moved around a lot and. Uh, because I couldn't trust myself, I stopped. I just stopped trying to make friends. I, I, I really never even had a girlfriend at that point. Uh, uh, you know, at that point, uh, at that age, you know, a lot of people have girlfriends and uh, they're going to uh, bowling and things like that with friends. Well, not me. Not at that time. At that time, I pretty much stayed uh, to myself, isolated myself. And um, as a result of that, I think I really suffered. And um, I think that was the onset uh, of my mental health problems uh, uh, when I was uh, young um, and impressionable. Um, it wasn't until my middle ages, I'd say around 25 to, I'd say 40, during the time I was in the military um, and a little bit prior to that that uh, my mental health really showed its other head. Um, my depression really uh, came forth. I was always depressed. I was uh, constantly thinking of death and dying. Um, it was always on my mind, uh, thinking of death and dying. Um, and uh, I always felt that... Um, people would leave me. So my relationships always failed. I, I, and I think that uh, I was the one that caused those relationships to fall uh, because of the way I felt. I, I just felt they were going to leave anyway. So why should I put the energy in, into those relationships? A lot of times with uh, abandonment issues in relationships, it's easier just to end a relationship altogether rather than having that abandonment just jump in at any point whatsoever you want to be in control of everything to make sure you don't get hurt um i want to actually jump back a bit to um uh, how you got into the military to give a little bit of background on that well you know as i told you before my father he was a career soldier he was a military man um and I sort of always wanted to follow the footsteps of my father. And so um, all I really knew was the life of military because I was sort of a military brat. Uh, that's all I've ever known. And so when I got old enough, I then joined the military myself. Uh, during that time, they had to draft out. And so it came down to a point that if I didn't join, then I would have been drafted anyway. But if I joined, I got to go to the place that I chose to go to, as opposed to them sending me to where they wanted me to go if they drafted me. So, uh, yeah, uh, Brandon, I, I, I joined the military at that time, and uh, I did my time at Fort Ord, California. 
which is a nice place to do my basic training. But that's also a place where uh, I got into a lot of, had a lot of issues um, with my mental health at that time. I uh, not only was dealing with uh, the military and, and the, uh, the violence that came behind being in the military, but I also had to deal with uh, the racism that was going on at that time. Uh, you know, during the Vietnam era, they had a lot of racism. And uh, so not only was I dealing with the enemy, uh, I was also dealing with um, the people um, uh, in in my own country uh, that didn't particularly like me because of the color of my skin. Uh, I had to deal with that, uh, Brandon. And uh, my first bout with racism is when I came back from overseas. Cause we, I lived in Germany for nine years. But when I came back um, um, over to the United States, um, I went to Atlanta, Georgia with my father. And that was the first time that I uh, suffered from racism. And I, I tell you, that hurt me so bad because I had never had to deal with that before. And I think that increased uh, my mental health uh, issues at that time, uh, made them worse uh, because of the fact I really then I started to isolate. Uh, uh, and, uh, uh, and my depression really set in uh, during that time. And I had no relationships going on for me at that time. Sounds like with the racism, which I'm sorry you had to go through that, but it sounds like it just fueled the isolation and just isolated you even more from the people around you and probably contributed a lot to the depression in the long run. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and all my relationships failed, uh, mostly because of my own doing, because of my mental health. I, I couldn't trust uh, myself. I couldn't trust anyone else. And at that time, I had very little love for myself. I I didn't know how to love me. And so, therefore, I couldn't love um, others. And so, therefore, all my relationships that I had uh, ultimately failed. Um, during my life, I've been in three marriages, and all three of them, as a result of my mental health, failed. Um, my children, um, I ruined my uh, relationship with my children. Um, however, uh, since I've been in recovery, I have been able to maintain uh, contact and maintain the relationship with my kids now as a result of, uh, of uh, recovery that I'm currently uh, managing now. So, Brandon, it was during those years of between 25 and 40, my mental health uh, was off the charts. I contemplated suicide. I attempted suicide on several occasions. And on one or two times, I, I almost succeeded. But that was my way of asking for help. I didn't know how to ask for help. I barely had relationships with anybody else. I was always isolated from people. So I really didn't know how to say, hey, I need some help here. And so as a result of that, my mental health uh, issues got worse. 
I'm curious about um, when was the age that you uh, first started any sort of treatment, um, whether medication, whether um, treat like counseling or psychiatry? I didn't start treatment until after I got out of the military um, because in my family, uh, I was always told that you don't go to a psychiatrist. Uh, you should be strong enough to take care of your own issues. And we don't talk about that in this family. So I I never did. Uh, I, I always thought, uh, just like my family did as well, that uh, uh, there was no need for a psychiatrist. There was no need for a counselor. Even though I was screaming for help, uh, my belief system was based on what I had grown up with. Yeah, when I got the military, that's when I found out, you know, maybe what I've been told all those years was not necessarily true. So I decided to ask for help. Um, it wasn't until after I got out of the military and I made my complaints to the military of my attack, that I was attacked. Um, by three individuals and uh, that hurt me. And uh, 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 a lot of things happened to me during that time out in the military. And I, I'm not going to really get into the details of that. But just let me say to you that I would not want my worst enemy to go through what I went through with these individuals that attacked me. At that time, I was so confused about myself. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was at that time. And um, all I could do was hurt myself. All I can think about doing at that time was hurt myself. Until finally, I realized that my family was wrong. I need help or I'm going to die. When you first realized that your family was wrong in in the sense of not getting treatment was the right thing, um, how did it feel when you, when you first went into your your first treatment session to get help? Were you what were your thoughts going into it? Shame. I felt ashamed. I felt that I was abandoning uh, my father. And my mother and my family, I, I felt that I was doing them wrong, actually, by choosing treatment over what they had taught me all those years. Um, however, I knew that if I did not get help, some kind of help, that uh, I, I was going to die. Uh, I had already tried unsuccessfully, and I'm grateful that it was unsuccessful. But the fact that I even tried um, – came to my mind and, and and I knew that I needed some help or else I would be successful if I continued to, to, to try these things in ending my life um, because at that time I did not think I, I was worth uh, uh, I had anything worth living for I, I, I didn't feel that I was worth anything um, very low self-esteem um, for myself and um, you know, and again, I had no love for myself. Oh, I didn't feel that way. And and so for, for me to go out, um, for me to take myself out was um, was just a mere fact of doing it. I survived um, 
the battle, so to speak, in the military, but um, I don't know how, if I was going to survive me uh, with my mental health issues going on uh, at that time. Uh, you know, again, um, during uh, around 25 and 40, in my 40s, uh, my mental health was, was, was off the chain. It was really bad at that time. You know, Brandon, it wasn't until I asked for help from the VA that I had met a person that stated that they had counseling uh, at the the Veterans Administration for things like depression and personality disorders, PTSD. And I went in. And I was given a whole bunch of tests. I remember being tested for uh, a lot of mental health uh, stuff. And uh, that's where my diagnosis finally came up uh, to me. And it, and, it, and it made sense because the things that they were talking about, I was actually doing those things. Would you say that it was kind of a relief when you found out that you have the actual name of um, the mental health disorders? Oftentimes people, um, when they hear their diagnosis, they can identify with it more and kind of seek further treatment into recovery. I felt a relief uh, uh, because I was able to put a name to it. I, I didn't know what was wrong with me. All I knew was that something was wrong with me. Um, I didn't know what to call it, but the first time in my life, I was able to put a name to what was going on with me. And so that's where my diagnosis, my current diagnosis, uh, the PTSD, depression, and personality disorder, NOS, <clears throat> And I believe that was because it was the in a, the personality disorder was not specified. To this day, I'm not sure what the specifications of that is. But all I do know is, as a result of my sexual abuse, that might have caused some of my personality uh, issues that was going on with me. Oftentimes, with um childhood trauma and trauma in general, you have a higher risk of just developing any type of personality disorder. And it can definitely stem with uh, abandonment issues as well. You know, Brandon, I had a hard time trusting people, you know, um, as a result of what happened to me when I was nine years old. And then as a result of what happened to me when I was in the military, uh, the attack on my very life. Uh, I uh, started not trusting uh, people very much. I it, it took me a long time to trust anybody, and I had to learn to trust somebody in order to get help. So I, I took the chance. I went on ahead, took that chance, and I trusted some folks down at the VA. And I got into a program, and uh, the program was Building Bridges, and I was in Building Bridges um, for a total of uh, 10, 12 years getting treatment uh, behind all these diagnoses. And even before that, I was getting uh, individual uh, treatment for the first, I'd say, three, four years because I couldn't trust the group. And so because I could not trust a group, they had me doing individual for about 
three, four years until I got to the point that I could uh, uh, get into a group and manage inside of a group uh, with group therapy. How was that uh, transition? So with having the trust issues and doing the three uh, to four years of individual uh, therapy, how is it going into that group therapy, knowing that you are around people that have similar type of uh, disorders and problems that you have? Actually, you know, uh, Brandon, that was helpful for me to know that I wasn't the only one going through of these type of issues because see I felt a lot of shame I felt as though I did something wrong <clears throat> I I I felt that uh I did something to uh allow this to happen to me for all that time and to finally realize that um I wasn't the one at fault to find out that at nine years old, I wasn't the one at fault. It was the adult. To find out that I wasn't the one at fault when I was attacked uh, by those men. Um, and then also to realize that I wasn't the only one in America that has gone through that. That was, uh, you know, uh, it was like something being lifted off, off of me. It was something that actually was helpful for me because I can now uh, talk with individuals and relate to individuals who can also relate to me and understand what my feelings were and what I was going through. So, yes, that was very helpful for me, Brandon, at that time. That's amazing. It sounds like you made a lot of progress just right after you started. And then over time, you kept on building and building as you got more comfortable. One of the problems with that, though, is that I stayed at the VA. I didn't trust myself outside of the VA. I uh, was scared to do anything in the community because I didn't trust it. I didn't trust me yet still. I understood, I finally understood that I wasn't the only one. I finally understood what those diagnoses meant. I finally understood and can make a connection between what happened to me in my early years to what was going to me in my mid-years. But it wasn't until my later years that I started to go through the recovery. But yet, I was still scared. I didn't know what to do in the community. So one of my goals that I had was uh, community interaction, was being able to take what I learned and apply it in the community. Couldn't do it. Didn't know how. But, see, I met this lady. <laughs> she worked at the Miracle Clubhouse. And she would always come and introduce herself at the VA. I would always reject it. But then yet I kept asking myself the question, who is this woman and what does she want? And she continued to come. I felt as though she was pursuing me for some reason. One day I just said to myself, you know what? I'm going to go down there and find out what the heck she's talking about. I need to know what she wants. Her name was Miss Mullins, Jan Mullins. She kept coming back. I came out to the Miracle Clubhouse. 
and I never left. I came out to the Miracle Clubhouse in 2018. I received such a welcome. I found out that I wasn't the only one suffering. And I found out something uh, that's strange for me, Brandon. That is, I tried to love, and I got love back. <laughs> to me, that was the thing that really woke me up and started the real kickoff of my recovery. To get love back after all that crap I went through was something I, I, that I had never had. That's amazing. And so I'm sitting here smiling right now. And um, so a little background is uh, both Rick and I are both um, going to Miracle Clubhouse. We're both part of that organization. And both both of us have been um, in close um you know, working with with um, Jennifer Mullins, and she is amazing. And we both we both credit her a lot for our our recovery. Um, she helps in any way, and she's just amazing. This organization of uh, Miracle Clubhouse and their overall organization of Clubhouse International is a great program. I'd recommend it to anyone if you look it up. And um, yeah, so go ahead, Rick. Sorry about that. I just want to fill people in. <laughs> yeah, you know, Brandon, the thing about it is she never preached at me. She always allowed me <clears throat> to discover myself. She allowed me to talk about my feelings and then what I was going to do with those feelings. She allowed me and gave me options, options that I'd never heard before. I, I, I've never even contemplated them before. She gave me the opportunity to grow, Brandon, and that's the thing that I had not had. If I would have stayed stuck there at the VA, and don't get me wrong, the VA is a beautiful place. The VA is credited with starting me off on the road to recovery. I get that. However, I believe had I not came down and met Jennifer, then I would not be as far in my recovery that uh, I would be as today had I not met her, had I not come down here and gave it a shot. And, you know, and I tell you, I, you know, I am now 66 years old and I have better days now in my later years than I did in my early years. I, I feel a sense of freedom now, Brandon, that I never felt before. I, 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 I can talk about things that I, I, that was taboo. For me, it was taboo to talk about my sexual abuse. It was taboo to talk about my attacks uh, uh, on my physical body. It was taboo to talk about uh, depression. Uh, it, it was, it was, those things were taboo, not only to me, but it was taboo also in my family. Today is not a taboo. Today, I can freely talk about these issues, and I can smile while I'm doing it. Because of the fact that I know that I'm well-loved, and I also love myself. And you're building relationships, too. Um, just starting at the VA, that's your, your starting point with the treatment. You know, just from there to years later now, uh, your relationships, your, your, you know, you're able 
to start making those because as you mentioned earlier you you've always struggled with you know making and maintaining relationships absolutely you know brandon it's something that uh jen also taught me as well and that was see when you give you grow i i didn't know that i didn't know that um when you give to other people, you're actually doing something for yourself. So what I do is my motto now is to give. I try my best to give to someone every time I set foot on this property. Every time I meet someone here, I try to give. I try to love back because it's, it's, uh, it's helping me to grow. It's helping me to heal. You know, it's not that I'm Superman or or I'm anybody all great or anything. No, that's not it. What it is is when I give, is like uh, it's like God, the world gives back, and I can never beat God giving. I, see, that's the thing. And so one of my goals is I, I, I'm, I'm gonna try to beat him giving. Because every time I try to do that, I can never be given. I always am given back. May it be through a meal, through a talk, somebody uh, saying thank you, somebody letting me know that I'm worth it. Uh, yeah, Brandon, those type of things that I get back when I give. I think that's a major part of recovery as well, is oftentimes we've gone through so much in our life, our lifetime of struggle and um, traumatic experiences that when we finally get to that recovery stage, we just are so, you know, happy with the, the recovery. I mean, recovery is not easy. It's it's not all, you know, uh, rainbows and butterflies, but, you know, it's it's something that we appreciate so much and um just giving back is something that we love doing because it's it's a way to help people that are not at the level we're at you know in recovery so it, we're trying to get other people to recovery and that's just something i think that comes naturally in recovery for the most part Absolutely. If I had one thing to tell people, I just tell them, listen, uh, my recovery, it is not a destination. My recovery is a journey. And um, I have not made it to the destination, but it's a journey. And I have had the ability now to manage my depression. I have the ability to, to, to now manage my PTSD and my personality disorder, NOS, whatever that may be, I believe that I'm managing that as well. I don't claim to know and understand everything there is about uh, mental health. I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say, I don't get it all. But what I can say is I get me. I can see where I was and where I am now today as a result of all the help that I got and being brave enough to try this place out. So, you know, you know, again, 
uh, for me, it's a journey. I am still on this journey. And I'm more than likely, Brandon, will be on this journey until the day I die. But you know what? Today I can smile. Today I can make friends now. Uh, today I don't have to blame myself for every ill that happens to me. Sometimes things happen. And I'm able to, uh, to manage through it, to work my way through it. And today I can say that I'm thankful. I appreciate everybody who has helped me on my journey and has taught me the way to help me to recover. That's amazing. I'm so incredibly happy for you and all that you've done in your time in recovery and then just getting through life to the age you are now. It's not even, it's really not easy, but I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're a part of this organization and I'm glad you're my friend as well. I want to ask you this. Um, I know you said that your family um, wasn't really accepting of mental health at one point in time, whether it's getting treatment. Now that you're in recovery, how has your relationship been with them? All my relationships have been, have been improved. Uh, my relationship with my son, uh, my relationship with my, all my children have, have improved. Uh, my relationship um, with my siblings, they have improved. And my relationship with even my father. Um, my, uh, my father is uh, 80, I do believe he's 89 now, going on 90. And I'll tell you what, we have the best relationship now than we ever did. Uh, and I think because a lot of those barriers have been brought down, um, a lot of those belief systems. And, and, hey, you know, my thing is I'm not trying to force uh, my father or my kids or anybody else to believe any certain way. Um, they let me live my life. They look at my life and see the changes in my life, and they take it from there. Uh, let the truth be what the truth is. It is what it is, as I would say. And if you see, uh, if you see recovery in my life, then it's the result of the changes that I've made in my thought processes, uh, the way I think about uh, uh, recovery now today. And as a result of that, it has improved every relationship um, that I've had now and in the past. I'm um, every one of those three marriages I told you about uh, that failed. Um, I'm friends with all three uh, of those women now. Um, a friendship that I never had when I was with them. Um, I'm having, I'm, I'm making better choices today. Now, where I go from here, Brandon? Hey, I don't know. Whatever God throws on my plate, if he if he puts another mate on my plate, then so be it. But right now, I'm happy to say that he's he's teaching me how to live with me, how to get along with myself, how to understand me. Absolutely, just taking one day at a time and really just valuing what happens in that day. And just getting through there, that's incredible. Well, I'm really happy 
to hear that your family has been accepting because that's for some people with mental health disorders it doesn't always happen like that unfortunately but that's amazing that relationships have been repaired through recovery i want to thank you so much for coming on the show and on top of that it just being willing to talk about such sensitive topics if you want to hear more about empower half an hour go to our instagram page under empower half an hour and until next time have a great day everybody